Yo, what's up? Everybody out there in the film snob snobby world. I am your host tonight, Jared Kloffenstein. We're finishing up our uh, series on reflections. This was movie number five on reflections. And I want to everyone give it a round of applause if you guys could give a quick clap. Cinco. Because I was busy tomorrow night and the snobs, we pulled in a last minute snob on Sunday night. Mm. So good job, everybody. Mm. And so that round of applause was you gave to yourselves. Aww. Aww. So we watched Olivier Assayas. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Olivier. I'm sorry. But he, oh, he made this movie called Summer Hours in 2008. Believe it or not, this is a movie that was um, originally supposed to be a short. The Museum uh, d'Orsay of Orsay um, approached him and a few other filmmakers about making a movie for the museum uh, w- that was going to be... Uh, Anthology, but then uh, Hu Xiaoxian, who we love, who made The Assassin, we have an episode on The Assassin, go listen to it, actually made a feature length for the museum called Flight of the Red Balloon that also starred Juliette Binoche. What? And Olivier Assayas also did the same thing. So this what? was a movie commissioned by the museum. Wait, did they go against each other? No, it was more <laughs> like uh, the museum. I think they wanted to do that short thing. And then a couple filmmakers were like, we can do wow. a movie. Wow, that's like, that's ordinary. They're like, cool, yeah, we'll yeah. do that. So yeah, I've cool. never heard of anything like that. Very cool. So this movie stars the, the grand Juliette Binoche. We got Edith Scobin there, Charles Berling, Jeremy Renier. Um, it is a movie about a family who has this beautiful French summer home. The mother does. And they go and beautiful. visit her for one last family reunion. And as they are there, she says, here's what I want you to do with things uh, when I die. And then... Um, the movie plays out from there. We won't go too much into spoilies, but it's beautiful. It's pleasant. It's very French. Uh, there's a lot of museum, a lot of artwork. I picked this movie because the director himself in an interview on the Criterion Collection channel said he made this movie as a reflection. He used that exact word on art. Um, wow. And on family. Wow. Were, were kind of the two main things. So I just want to know first thoughts. I'm going to start to my right. Caleb Zier. So everyone out there, we got Caleb, Ethan, Eric, and uh, Donald S. is back. Parker Sanderson. <laughs> Donald. <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah. Hey, guys. Caleb. Uh, oh, hey, dude. Hi. Hey. I really enjoyed this movie. It put me in a really, like, melancholy, sad boy mood, kind of, because it kind of deals with uh, growing up and leaving childhood possessions, and uh, so I'm like, kind of okay, left me a little sad, it's but... Okay. Um, yeah, I did really enjoy it, and I, I liked all the art pieces and mm. um, all the stuff with art, especially the um, sculpture in the bag. I'm sure maybe we'll talk about that, but I, I loved that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's put me in a happy and sad mood, and it's very apropos because I listened to "Happy and Sad" by Casey Musgraves earlier today. So oh, you did, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hasso. hello. It's good uh, to be with you guys on a Sunday evening. Wearing a great sweater, by the way. Yeah, can you uh, can you explain, uh, who gave you that sweater? sweater game very strong. I got this sweater. I bought it for myself. It was on sale. I love shopping sales. Yeah, and I it, I was so excited for the snow because it meant that I could wear the sweater one last time. Yeah, dude. Before I put it away in storage till the winter. 
until, until you go to a place where it's perpetually right. cold. Yeah, I, can't <laughs> wait. I have like three. This is this is one of two that are like a little bit thicker, a little bit looser. They're it real nice. It fits you great, actually. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. This is coming thanks. in hot from the the May snowstorm of Colorado. Oh yes, twenty twenty two. Yeah, all breaker of limbs like over a foot of <laughs> snow after it's been ninety degrees. Yeah, breakers. Um, yeah, this movie. I feel like the word that comes to mind for me is even though we were trying to figure out the time period that it was um, filmed. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it still feels very timeless in the sense yes. of there's always going to be family. There's always going to be death. There's there, there will always be art. There will always be, you know, the divvying up of, of uh, possessions and things like that among families. And so I thought it felt very... Yeah, relatable in that sense. Having a grandfather die a few months ago. It's like, yeah, this is just what happens. You kind of sort through everything and you mm. divvy things up. And, of course, some people want certain things because they have sentimental value. And people, so other people don't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> and people get hurt. And it's just, oh, it's just such a, it can be a really delicate um, process. And so I, think I thought that movie did, I thought the film did that process justice. Um yeah, similar to Caleb, it was a bit, it was a bit sad, uh, but I think it was it, it felt sad in kind of a hopeful way, and almost there was some little whimsical moments that I, I really liked. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, those are my mm. thoughts, Eric. Guys, I loved this movie. Whoa, loved it, so good. Um, yeah, actually similar. Um, Jordan's uh, grandmother just passed, and mm. I was like there when they were like at her place like divvying up stuff and we even got some things some beautiful beautiful pieces um i got it was funny or not funny but um i I was there before she had passed and i i saw this thing on the wall and i was like man that is a beautiful piece of art and um we managed to get it when what is it when she had passed it's this like embroidered or not embroidered it's like this like fabric like almost like a woven thing. Cool. But on it is like this woven piece and it's kind of like a meta piece. So it's like a woven thing on a woven thing. And then it like goes into the threads and comes out. I'll have to show you a picture That's later. Cool. It's it's really beautiful. I love it. And I'm going to hang it up in our house and I will think of her whenever I see it. So yeah, it's a beautiful woman. But yeah, just a similar process where it's just like, yeah, it's, it's so complicated. All the things that are happening. Um, but this movie does a really, really good job, I feel, of kind of capturing that family dichotomy of love and and sadness and grieving. Um, and even with parties that you didn't think cared at the end. Yeah. Care. Um, but, yeah, the non-spoiler thought I feel like I have about this is that, like, I felt like it was, it was a... It was a meta contextual thing that I that I felt like I was seeing. I was watching something so beautifully artistic that was also about art. Um, and yeah, what a beautiful film. I loved it. Love it. Hey, everyone. Uh, Donald S. here. <laughs> Donald. Donnie. Donald S. I'm going to break the... He's Parker, guys. <laughs> It's Parker. Yeah, more uh, more regularly referred to as Parker, which is my middle name. Fun hey, you were on an episode of Film Stops, weren't you? The long lost episode. Oh, oh we my had to God. bring Parker the, back. the corrupted file. We <laughs> felt so bad. Parker was on a beautiful episode. We talked about the it village. Was, 
actually so great. In depth. It was actually oh, a great episode. Right. Yes. I it was can't believe you great. lost that one, Eric. The file got corrupted and we'll never get it back. I was like, hey, guys, I got 20 minutes of this episode. I queue it up. There's literally five minutes of us talking about the movie and then 15 minutes of us talking about nonsense, which was at the end of the episode. And I was like, Okay, never mind. I got like almost none of this episode. I remember finishing that discussion being like, that might have been a top 10 film song. Oh my God. <laughs> but we brought I'm you back. Sorry, okay? I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Redemption time, Parker, Donald, whatever yeah, never, the people want to call you. <laughs> never too late to redeem ourselves. Yeah, dude. What'd you think? Uh, great movie. I already rated it four and a half stars. Wow. Um, yes. I, I thought it was great. Um, Couple, couple things that come to mind. One is uh, on the generational shift, there's this French term called the chasse croisé. Oh, oui, oui, oui. Baguettes, baguettes, baguettes. Which is actually a um, French dance move, which means the crossing. And it's used to hmm. define kind of like the cro- like the crossing of the generations or mm. crossing between two different people but um i mean her and her older age i i'm i find it interesting with her and the grandkids it's like just two radically different societies of french culture that, that are yeah. represented in those generations mm-hmm. yeah. i mean the grandmother's old enough to have witnessed like the french empire and um and but they're they're living at a time where French has lost its prominence and they're having to go work in China to get good jobs. Mm-hmm. And there's just a pretty significant shift that's happening just within this grandmother's lifetime. And, um, but, and then is one other thing that I thought was interesting as well is the fact that obviously some of these things are just going to create tension with, with how much value and sentimental, sentimental and, economic value that's placed on some of her art it's cool that they were they had such divisive disagreements about them but they're also able to go to the cafe after and joke with each other and have uh, cool handshakes uh, yeah exactly it, it, it's, it's really cool how they're able to reach that level of rawness and depth in their relationships but also just continue to understand each other so um mm-hmm. overall great movie great love it I'll be quick. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the 2000s. What a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, deals with a lot of themes. We're film snobs. We talk about art a lot. I feel like this is one of the best reflection on art movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I love um, family interactions were mm. very real, and you could tell some things hurt people, but they were never hurt to the point of like bitterness or revenge like they always loved each other which i i find uh wonderful because most movies want to like up the ante and bring all the conflict and they're the guys like i'm I'm unhappy about this but you know what i still love you guys so if i get outvoted that's cool still gonna be family yeah it was like a refreshing purity for sure yeah yeah and yeah yeah, you can the director the last couple movies he'd made were made out of the country and he really wanted to come back to france and make like a simple movie that represented like paris and the surrounding area around paris where that house was so i feel like you can feel the frenchness um which i love feel the frenchness is that is that a phrase we're going with so uh let's get rolling here spoily territory so talk about whatever you want i just want to hear 
uh, what mo- if there's a moment in the movie that stuck out to you guys? Because I feel like this movie, depending on where you're at in life, or like what you two have just experienced with the grandparent passing, mm-hmm. you'd have diff- you'd come away from this movie with different things. So, what moment stuck out to you from this film? I think the moment that just as you asked that is just in my head immediately is after they have her birthday party and she's sitting alone in the dark. Damn it. You always steal my moment, dude. (laughs) You always steal my moment. It is good. Um, It is the perfect I thought it's a... (laughs) (laughs) That was so extreme. I just thought it was... Um, I, I, I mean, it's there's a lot of complexity in it because it's not it's not only sadness that she's feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I I think, but there is a sense of I think I interpreted maybe satisfaction in having all her family together. Um, and she's just kind of Ooh. embracing the moment for what it is, and they're all leaving. I did not have that, but same. she's yeah. um. Yeah, so there's some sadness, but also like she's kind of embracing the end. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like that moment had deep sadness and it was like in the dark. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't sad. Ouch. No. Um, no, it just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shows suck these days. Um, we're also watching TV. Yeah, we're watching the uh, game three of uh, Golden State Warriors and Dallas Mavericks in the NBA playoffs. No, I just, uh, Ethan, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like that. I feel like that moment had deep sadness. It was like her alone in a room, um, in the dark, and she was yeah, she was sitting in the the post reunion bliss where it's just kind of like man, everyone was like there and it was really great, but it didn't feel happy. And she said something that just, and this is the reason that that moment stuck out to me. Um, she said some really profound things, almost like, like a Tuesday at Maury with Maury situation where like, they're just like on their deathbed and they're just like, they say these like really profound things. And one of the things that really stuck with me was like, she was like, I, Oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher Sorry, this. I just get the general. You're good. Yeah. It was like, um, I have stories, but no one would find them interesting Yeah, anymore. Uh, no one, no, it, it, they wouldn't hold the attention of anyone anymore. And it's just like, here's a woman who like has years of like history and just rich life and no one cares anymore and no one will care. Mm hmm. And then after that moment, she goes to try and set up her phones that she got as a gift. <laughs> and you're left with this like, wow, this is so sad. The world has progressed and is and it's just, taking yeah, over and, her, and she, she's, her world. She's really struggling with it. And then it fades out. And you're just like, wow, that was, so, that was such a like, this is, I'm, I'm looking at the last moments of a person's life. And thematically, that's what happens. Like the next scene is is an existence where she has yeah, passed. Yeah, it goes from summer to winter, but she's So, passed. I don't know. I I didn't I didn't see it as a as a as a delightful moment, but I I, I mean, I didn't say it was delightful. <clears throat> no, I you're right. That's not fair. You didn't a mix say that. of Yeah, there is sadness right. and satisfaction and an embracing of the end. Like it almost not I mean, she is sad about the reality, but also embracing it. She is embracing it. Yeah, yeah. there's and there's the thing where she says, "Yeah, that she almost wants the children to move on and have their own. Mm, right. She's like, they're, I, she's like, they're not going to remember this place. They're going to remember their own childhoods. Right. Mm. It's not. And 
Yeah. That's where she also says that's almost why she's attached to the objects, not because even of their inherent worth or anything, but there's like the residue of those memories and stories that she has. There's somehow, she's like, they're still there, even though no one else even knows that they these things happened around these objects, mm. which is a fascinating way of thinking about it. Because I don't perceive that there's any self-pity no, in so. that moment on her end. She's not like, woe is me, no, no one cares about me. No, you're right. There's, there's a strength. Right. There's a strength that she has, but it was the statement alone that just kind of like right. it, it made me reflect on on her life almost. Yeah. If we're talking about reflections, and it's yeah, it's just um, it's very interesting that the uh, the the memories of these things and the the there's a lot of legacy that mm-hmm. that is like woven into this this film, and the only legacy that we see that that that, that this place will have is in the hearts and the memories of uh, the people who are there around it. So. Hmm. Anyone else favorite moment? Well, <clears throat> just this isn't my favorite moment, but I kind of want. Yeah, uh, yeah. The oldest son kind of does the same thing uh, when they, you know, decide they're going to sell the house. He goes up and sits alone in the dark. Totally also, just, one of my favorite moments, just man. Like, yes, reflecting on like, okay, this is this is over. This is kind of like yeah, the end of things. And also in the sad, dark, but by himself moves forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I actually, the which moment, is interesting because he's the one who most reflects his mother too, or most mm. right. He's the of the children. He's the he's one the one who, who feels. Yeah. Um, but I actually really appreciate the first scene, like the opening um, scene of the children running and playing. And like the innocence of that child, yeah. and that that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie of like these kids are kind of having to lose their innocence a bit and having to sell mm. their mom's stuff, sell their childhood, mm. and get rid of all of it. And so mm. I don't know. And I really appreciate stuff when I had cousins that were all my age and like playing in our grandparents' yard and running around. Yeah, and like there's just that innocence, and they don't have to think about you know selling their parents' stuff when they die. And mm. so I think that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Mm. Um, so, I re- yeah, I really like the Yeah, I remember when my grandparents scene. in New York sold their house. My sister mm. went, like, one last time. She's like, I cried because I knew it wasn't, like, all the memories there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, have 20 cousins. You're all running around. Mm. It's like a huge garden, huge yard. You're climbing trees. It's like I also you're really, in the grass. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to be able to come back here anymore. Right. Mm. I also really liked that scene and and though i didn't have a similar experience that those kids in the movie did there's parallel experiences that we've all had in like houses for holidays and things like that um but that scene just like made me wish that i was one of those kids like having that experience it was so like pure is the word i'll just keep using like it was such a pure moment like a sl- almost like a too good to be true kind of moment where it's like maybe this film is portraying a you know grandiose kind of idea of no, like, that's how it is when of, you're of kid, life yeah. but where it's like perfect everybody's everybody's enjoying each other's company and like they're getting drinks and they're having lunch outside and it's a perfect day perfect weather nothing is going wrong and it's just like it's be- it's such a beautiful like Oh, I love I loved that. I loved that beginning of that movie. That was beautiful. Yeah. I think my scene is uh when they've finally done their gift to the museum and they go kind of just like fly on the wall, look at a group, take a look at their their desk that was kind of one of the 
prize possessions mm. and they're, they're all like whatever i'm done with this let's get out of here and go you guys want to watch a movie yeah right, right and they're yeah. like geez our most prized possession like nobody even cares and i think the i th- when i looked it up i was surprised that the the museum had actually played a significant role in producing the film and you think they probably have a pretty unique perspective on this because they probably deal with this all the time right yeah. you probably have families that live in and around paris that they'll die and the kids will be like, oh, my gosh, we have these pieces of art from the 1800s. And you call the museum <laughs> and it's like, OK, so I'm sure they kind of deal with this over and over again. And and there's so for them, they know that all of the pieces around just have such crazy stories. But then these kind of bored American tourist people yeah. will just walk through and be like, whatever. Can <laughs> I can't wait get? to go see a movie later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like. For, for even that desk it's like how much even more so for all of the other things in there mm. and um so it was a it's a kind of a cool perspective that they're able to offer on their end to, to say like you just never know what kind of emotional depth are in each of these individual pieces in here um yeah and even and even just like it's it's so interesting because you you know they get to the vase Later on in that scene, they get to the vase, and yeah. he offers this like behind the scenes esque information to to his wife that like pretty much almost nobody is going to know, which is that he gave the other priceless yeah. artifact to their housekeeper, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Yeah, she wanted it, so I gave it to her." There's like there's like another vase that goes with this vase, and and the guys were like, "Oh my god, these are like glass blown from the 1800s and stuff like that. They're amazing." And and she wanted this thing, and I thought <laughs> I thought at first that scene where he's like giving it to her, I thought at first he'd be like, "Oh, that's valuable. You can't have it." But he's like, "Take it, he take it. it." Yeah. And and then and then she walks away and is like, and she's like, "I tried, didn't want to take anything extravagant, so I just took a vase. I didn't want to take something. Liked. Yeah." putting flowers in and it's like i wanted to take something i wanted to take something ordinary yeah Yeah. and it was like you could not have chosen them yeah oh that was great well we're on the subject so let's bring this up well Um, wait did you say yours oh man i think i mean i think i'm with you too i mean i'm gonna go with the moment before though where she's walking up the Mm. stairs um man those Mm. stairs are just perfect there's like these stone stairs that are covered by foliage and her after the yeah like you said, the bliss of family reunion, and then it's and it's not like there's a moment to breathe before they say goodbye. It's just kind of like gone, mm-hmm. and then you realize she's just left, and yeah, all she has is her house, and she, she just walks back up the stairs. Yeah, it's very melancholy, mm-hmm. and I find it really interesting. Um, I was gonna maybe add this as a parallel later in the movie. The housekeeper Eloise, who we just talked about. The only time the movie diverges from the family is either like her walking in the house at one point or um, she with her son. Her son drops her off at home after she goes and sees the house one last time. And it's like the director saying this isn't just like a rich person thing or an art world thing, but all families have older women who have these moments of loneliness that mm. their children leave and they're just left to themselves. And, mm. um, he's like, I'm going a on a trip for like, yeah. that, that person, I think. Yeah. Mm. So I love that moment. Uh, but as we're talking about art and reflecting on it, yes. Uh, 
Actually, let's just do this instead of ba- being too specific. What do you think this movie, if the director specifically says this is a reflection on art, what uh, reflections do you take away from this, and how did the movie uh, portray that? I think there's a few, quite a few different places you could go with that. Like its value, its functionality, hmm. its <laughs> sentimental value. I think there's something on art like the intrinsic value of being placed on art, like the housekeeper, like just thinking that vase was just a vase, but these um, people who are coming to these appraisers are like, this thing's worth so much. And so I don't, Mm. what's the equivalent of beauties in the eye of the beholder and Mm. what really makes art valuable. Um, But I, I, the thing I think was interesting is that um, this Degas sculpture Mm -hmm. that the, kids broke when they were like children is just <laughs> kept in a plastic bag. I know. <laughs> and I think there's something there of like, this thing is like worth so much money, but it's just being kept in a plastic bag. Yeah, and he takes it out and he's like, this is in terrible condition. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and so... It's like, and it's like next to like a game and like rust remover. Rust remover, right. yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the true value or true treasure there is... I, I, part of me thinks that memory of like... I don't know. I mean, like, remember when we broke that or that yeah. expensive painting, like, or expensive sculpture? Like, mom was so pissed. Whatever. <laughs> like, I feel like that memory is pr- probably way more valuable than what to them than that sculpture is. And also, um, like, when they see that sculpture in a museum, again, they'll have this like backstage mm-hmm. kind of uh, idea of like what this thing is versus everyone else who sees like this beautiful sculpture. They're like. I only remember this thing in two parts right. <laughs> in a bag. Like they have this memory that's so separate from everyone else. And it's, right. it's so interesting what, um, what Parker was talking about, where it's like this, this all ulterior knowledge of, of what that thing is. Right. Yeah. And is art being, is it valuable if it's just kept in a museum like mm. that? Like what did they say when they saw the desk? He's like, it feels like it's trapped. Right. It's caged. It's, it's caged. caged. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Those are kind of my thoughts on art, but yeah. yeah, I found that fascinating, especially because the museum commissioned it. Those comments on the museum at the end, it almost made me semi anti museum. What mm. comments? Um, at the end, where they're just kind of like, I don't know. You're just seeing these things that were had so much life in a house, and they're talk. They there was that story about the guy who had his room that had all his alarms just for all his paintings, and they're just like is lifeless compared to when that piece of art was in someone's home or mm. that armoire was actually being used or this mm. desk with a ton of stuff on it because he stored stuff there. Mm. Um, yeah. And like when you go to a museum, the kind the life can be kind of sucked out of it, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know. I'd much rather see a, a, a nice painting in someone's home than that painting hanging up next to a thousand other paintings. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I think what was interesting was not everyone had the same idea of what gives an art piece its value. Mm-hmm. I think like the the sketchbooks that were kind of in question and yeah, um, kind of the French view really viewed that as like, you know, we need to keep these things together because um, the daughter wants to sell them in America. And a guy makes a comment, they're going to tear it to shreds. They're going to sell it by the page versus selling it um all together as a set and i thought that was really interesting because 
on one hand, I can see the American side of, yeah, when we could share this art with so many people, like so many people could have just a piece of this great artist. But I can also see the French value of like, it's this guy's whole work, mm. the beginnings of his career. We got to keep that together. So I, I totally could, I had such a, I, I could totally see why both are valuable. Yeah. So even, I don't, I don't think we can all agree on what gives art its value. And I think that's part of it because you see the Eloise gets the vase, which is really valuable, but mm. it was still very valuable to her in terms of this belongs to this family that I was with for so long. And even her humility in saying, what would I do with something more valuable? Like, like in her mind, monetary, monetary value. But this thing had a, so much value to her for what it represented. So I just think I just, and I feel like there's, I, I know I have films per se that are important to me purely from the experience of watching them with a certain group of people or my cousins or, mm. um, or friends even. And so it's like, yeah, those movies are, are maybe the most artistic um, in terms of, you know, what the director's doing, the camera work, that stuff. But they're still so valuable to me and I still love them. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, yeah, just what is, where does the value of art come from? I think the movie was trying to shed yeah. light on. And I think, I think it's interesting because the younger brother, his value of, of all the things was value. He needed, he needed. He's like, I'm moving to China. I need like, the money, guys. And he's like, cash, I'm moving to China. Cash. And he was the most detached from everything emotionally. Um, and granted, a little bit of that has to do with the fact that he didn't really know the people that made this art rich. Yeah. He didn't even know the person, you know, the uncle that, that keeps getting, like, talked about and is revered. He's like, I don't know this person. I don't have any memory of this person. These things are valuable and I need money. And he wasn't, like, so callous like that. But that's essentially what it came down to for yeah. him. He was going to be okay with what anyone decided. But he was just kind of presenting his his needs and that's what the art meant to him i mean each person kind of had a different value i feel in in what in what the art meant to them and i think that the older brother he saw it as what i feel most connected to which is like this is this has rich history this has sentimental value we should keep this we should pass this down like we shouldn't put this in a museum and let other people see it, but yeah. we should keep the love and the memories and not just sell it to the highest bidder. I I so empathize with his position. And when he knows that he's outvoted and he's just sitting on the bed despondent oh, and he's like and he's just crying and it's just like, Oh my God, like that's such a sad time for him because accepting that what people knows. view art as is maybe yeah what is it quasi quasi because it's a second <laughs> you know what is they that say quasi quasi wow. <laughs> oh wee 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 <laughs> no but it's it's a second death yeah. for him it's a second death well, yeah because he can't he can't uh, have the objects to he can't hold on to those objects that he remembers his mother by. He's like, my mom's dead, but at least I have these things to remember her by. No, nope. like, no, you don't have that anymore now. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, it's just sad, man. Mm. Well, you know they say they say <laughs> they say quasi Potter. They say they say, <laughs> they say quasi Potter. They, <laughs> they say art 
is a mirror of history, right? Where whoa, reflections. Wow, reflection coming in hot. Because when it's actually painted, people will say, like, "Oh yeah, okay, that's that is reflects what we value as a society." There's nothing mm-hmm. out of the ordinary here. Mm-hmm. But then a generation or two or ten later, you look back and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this tells us so much about what those people valued and what they." Um, what they, the way that they thought about the world mm. and the way that they perceived the world. And um, just a couple of years ago, the record was set for the highest price value on a painting. What? Um, the Salvador Mundi by Da Vinci sold for $450 million oh to um, Crown Prince Bin Salman. Of what, what was it? <laughs> say, say it one more time. Salaman. Salvador Mundi. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about it is how valuable is art? I mean, there's obviously so many of the things in the Louvre, for example, I've, I've heard that there's, it's just like a nightmare, the Louvre's relationship with their insurance company. Cause it's like, how do you like, what do you do? What do you, what do you value this at? If there was some catastrophic natural disaster or some, huge loot here like what would you what would be the price you know what i mean it's a really difficult challenge but i mean mm. theoretically it's whatever the marketplace puts on it but obviously that doesn't account for so many other things that aren't refl- reflective of of the actual sticker price so right it's a very it's a very interesting concept um and then even in the movie the the scene that i think of is there's two paintings that the grandma really valued and she goes to the grandkids mm. and she says she says, you know, these are really special by this artist. One day, these are going to be yours. And the the, the, the one kid's like, ah, Grandma, different era, different era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cl- clearly, he just didn't. Not think. my thing. Yeah, different exactly. Era. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I get when I was that age, I wasn't into it either. <laughs> right. Which, which, which kind I'm of like, I would love that. Yes, exactly. Which kind of like proves in my head, kind of like what I was thinking when when you were talking about this, which is like, why is that painting worth $450 right, million? Right. I think to some people, it's it's the, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. How, how long ago was it? How prestigious mm-hmm. was the person who painted it? Right. I think when you break it down, most times it's the emotional connection that you have to that thing. Yeah. And to that kid, it was worthless. At those, that moment. Those two paintings were worthless to him. But I bet you in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. He's going to remember like, yeah, that was in my grandma's house. And that meant a lot because I loved her. And right. I remember I have yeah, good totally. memories in that house. And every time I look at no, the painting, I think of it. And that know? can change. Yeah. And that can change. And that doesn't change his financial or, uh, yeah, like um, actual value, like financial value. Um, but um, to him, I think, I think that those art pieces could have been, they could have been painted by anybody. Yeah, they didn't matter at all, and they weren't valuable to him at all. Mm-hmm. Versus, I don't know, I don't know. So I think I think that emotional connection really plays into mm-hmm. art and and what it what it means to you and how it's valued to you. And mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this in Certified Copy, dude. Yeah, we did. We did. That's what I was doing. I was hoping this would be a reflection. We'd start and end with the Juliette Binoche art uh, meditation movies. Mind blown. <laughs> I intentional reflection. Yeah, and I'm intrigued too. It's hard to know because it's still early how much internet and even movies will affect hmm. our generation's view on art objects hmm. because I don't see m- many people that I know of at least 
commercially purchasing antique art objects that are of that value, but they do really appreciate them when they come from family. Um, I, I don't know the world enough, but I'm in, intrigued as to the art object being relegated to the museum because of the oversaturation of image and reflection of art coming at us all the time. Everyone's just getting their uh, their um, oh, what are those things? Their called? NFTs. NFTs. Yeah, NFTs. those non non fungible tokens. And uh, <laughs> what's what's up with that? No, I think that's an interest. I mean, that's a side conversation, but it's I think that ties. Con, yeah. I think that ties interestingly well into it, where it's like, well, thirteen years later, to yeah. me, yeah, these exactly. to me these are incredibly invaluable in the way that like I don't think they have value whatsoever. Yeah. And to other people, they're like, this is a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, why? In <laughs> why? In 21, 22, someone's going to be like, my grandpa gave me the board ape NFT. <laughs> <laughs> the board ape NFT. Now I'm selling it to the Museum of Mars. Yeah, well, I have the Joe Rogan and Elon Musk smoking the Musk weed Museum. FT. <laughs> <laughs> the Musk. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. I don't know. Uh, another main theme of this movie is just family and family relationships and i don't mm. know what reflection on family stuck out like what uh yeah what hit you most about the family here moments scene certain relationship passe quasi <laughs> i think i <laughs> i resonate with um the two kids the one that lives in america and the one that lives in china um because i feel like i with my family have lived out of the country mm. for years at a time and I'm kind of moving for the foreseeable future. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I just really felt that tension of, you know, the, the mom's, the mother's resignation of like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to come back. You know, that her kind of, she accepts reality nature of like, yeah, yeah they're, they're and, and just my, my mom doesn't say that to me all the time. But you can feel it. But I can feel that. That energy. And it's just like, uh, it's just that tension of I love my family, mm. but I do feel called to where, to where I'm going. Um, so how do I carry that tension well? But there's a certain amount of acceptance in this movie, which again, right. that purity comes in where it's like, God, it's, it's so wholesomely pure that like, yeah, they're leaving or they're not coming back as much, but everyone seems to be very understanding and right. very accepting right. of all these things. And you're looking at it, you're like, wow, these guys rock. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Yeah. That's not always the case. We'll see what happens. Ask me in five years how I'm doing <laughs> my family, guys. <laughs> I, I think it'll be fine. We'll have a film's not right? five year right? reunion with, uh, Eric, right, with Ethan, where you're like, Ethan, we're just going to ask you about how your relationship with your family's going. That's what this pod's about. <laughs> <laughs> Fill what, us in. Give us all the deets. That's what the next film, bro, is going to be. It's just going to be an expose on Ethan and his family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Five years. Wow. Um, I identify most with the oldest brother yeah i am the middle child but this oldest brother who like has all this sentimental sentimental value and stuff mm. and just wants things to stay the way they are but mm. life just keeps moving mm. um but i wonder if that's coming from like an unhealthy place though a little bit of um not valuing like he has kids and a wife and building a good you know family there where they can have their own memories and they don't have to live through mm. his memories and his 
parents. And so, uh, mm. which I think it's great to like have, you know, all these memories with your family, but like, is he neglecting what is in front of him to build new memories, um, and create like a fun childhood for his kids? Um, mm. but yeah, I don't know. I just, cause sometimes I feel that I'm like, am I living in the past too much? Am I just living in these sentimental things with like, Oh man, I just loved my childhood so much. And I loved my family and my cousins and my grandparents, which are all great things, but mm. yeah, it's like, or at some point you like, cause I'm always telling my parents, I'll like, never sell your house. Cause I'm going to move in and right. we're going to hang out forever. There's, and <laughs> there's different perspectives there too, because, um, the two younger children, <laughs> yeah, right there <laughs> with the mother, um, they have that conversation and, uh, the oldest son's like, it's a good thing that she remembers her uncle so much and that she remembers all these memories. And Juliet Binoche is just like, no, nah, it was a curse to her. It was something that she couldn't let go of. Mm. And it's just, yeah. I think there's a proper way to do both. But if you let right. the past and the sentimental value of memories dominate the present, mm-hmm then it can be harmful. Right. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, like how much are you trying to like remanufacture? Right. Rather than uh, just appreciate the past, but also know Or appreciating what's in front of you. Right. While constantly trying to recreate nostalgia, you could be sabotaging something new, something beautiful Mm -hmm. that's enveloping around you. And yet you're so stuck on this. No, we need to create like... For me, I just bought a house and it's like, what if I tried to create the backyard the way my backyard was? Uh-huh. Or like, this room needs to be looking, you know what I mean? And it, and it, she might have other visions and other dreams or we might try and create new traditions within yeah. ourselves, within our own family. Right. And it's like, yeah, those things can be beautiful, but do they belong in memory? Right. It's also almost a little bit of commentary on uh, movies nowadays. Mm. Just, you know, re... re- Trying cashing to man- in on nostalgia man- manufacture nostalgia rather yeah. than like hey forge on create something new mm. create something new that can be memorable mm. I don't know that's how I felt about the family stuff dude man we can really feel that you felt that and I want to <laughs> <wanna laughs> feel the feelings that you felt with the feelers and the and the feel the feels feel it wow my grandparents um, sold their house like three years ago and I was like you wrecked and part of me was like Cause it's like the house my mom grew up in and wow. like that we all just like always hung out there and now I'm like, I got to buy it. But you know what? Someone I know, a family friend bought it and so mm. I can go there whenever I want. You can haunt it. Wow. And I'm so like, you painted the door that color. Changed. I'm like, you painted the room this color. Bad move, dude. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm like snooping in trying uh, to like pointers. Parker. You any, know, that door uh, squeaks a little bit when you, so you make sure you got a straight WD-40 there. <laughs> Parkour. Parkour. Yeah, go ahead, Parker. Donald S. Uh, Donald S. here again. <laughs> Donald S. Trump. I'm I'm interested in the relationship between the oldest son and his children. Mm. Um, they're obviously kind of like your classic punk, rocky, uh, rebellious kids, but they're also surprisingly kind of mature and insightful. Yeah, uh-huh. and they- very French, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny how they kind of come back at their dad here and there, but it's a- it's just like it's actually so true. He's like, "What are you doing?" And j-? He's, she's like, "Look." you you and i both know that you smoke weed too and he's like yeah you're right <laughs> he's like yeah you got yeah, but me. i was better at hiding it <laughs> damn it <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah and um wasn't an idiot <laughs> i think there's a clash between um jared saw my review i wrote of the ideal and the real 
Whoa. where Whoa. I mean, ideally, I, th- I think ideally they all would like to keep the house, mm. but in reality, I mean, the guy's living in China. He's like, look, I, I, I need, my family would think I'm so stupid if we didn't like get the money to help provide for ourselves. Cause we're, um, I mean, you can only guess what his situation is just on a paid it, paycheck to paycheck basis and a grinder job. But so, I mean, you'd think they all would have just it liked to keep it in, in an ideal scenario. And similarly, I mean, the, the dad probably has a vision for what his, for what his parenting would be like in an ideal world. Yeah. But I think that him and his wife kind of just come to terms with how it's just <laughs> hasn't added up like that. And that's probably why they just started laughing at that scene in the restaurant is they're like, you know, we, we, we both know that they're going to be throwing this crazy party at the house, yeah. but it's like, <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like, Might as well let them live. Let him, let yeah. Him. Yeah. Let them make memories. Let them, let them make their own memories w- of that house. Yeah, let's talk about the ending. We got this really intriguing ending. Mm. Um, most of the movie, you have this really beautiful music. <laughs> I don't know if it's a score or previous, but it's like guitar and strings, and it's yeah. really beautiful music. Kind of haunting. This score is amazing. It feels like a French yes. forest, I'd say, and Ugh. old French house, kind of like the movie feels. Very secluded as well. Like, it, it like pri- very private, it felt. Very yeah. private, yeah. It's perfect music, and then all of a sudden, the end of the movie there's the two uh, kids of the oldest son throw this rager at the house. <laughs> which Project used to be X. Like, this used to be the, yeah, the beacon of like French artistes and sculptors and painters. And it was very peaceful and serene. Yeah, yeah. and then the kids like... And then we got like trap music. Put, put, <laughs> getting get the subwoofer hooked up and French yeah. hip hop comes on. And, and it's all in the, and the house is very hollow. And there's people yeah. drinking everywhere. People are like bouncing balls. It feels like yeah, an abandoned they look, they look house. Like squatters. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it also doesn't really quite feel like they're defiling it. It, it, it kind of feels like they're right. they're giving it one last good go. Right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah what I do agree you guys think that. of this ending? I want to because I love it. I Caleb, Caleb kept saying punks and thugs <laughs> and bunch of degenerates is what it was. No, I don't know, man. It was. I want to hear you first because I disagreed with you. No, like I. <laughs> Part of me is like, wow, yeah, they're appreciating the house in a different way, and that's great. But also, I was like, but like, think of what the house was, and like, it was filled with all this art and everything. And so, I, I don't know. Uh, the question came to mind of like, how can you maintain and appreciate the past while still like paving the way for something new um, that is still good? Um, but they were like, just I didn't appreciate that they were like they can like still have like a nice time and hang out in the way that they hang out but like drinking and smoking i'm like uh uh-uh not at not at grandma's place (laughs) um grandma wasn't necessarily the most moral in her place well okay well are we gonna get into that no no but i know we're talking about the ending i think i disagree i think they're mentioning things that went on on at the house they discreetly mentioned it i don't think the kids are quote unquote defiling it i think they're carrying on the exact same thing it's just a new era doing it in its own way right mm. Mm. yeah I, I really enjoyed it i felt like it was a proper send-off oh really to like the house mm. like you know we're gonna have one last big celebration here because we used to do this growing up and at family gatherings and yeah she's and i think it's almost it's interesting that the daughter i think has such a um she kind of has the more 
mm. nostalgic reaction, taking her boyfriend out to the special spot. A reflective. Um, and nice. nice. How you know she, when the grandma in the beginning says like they're not going to care, you know, and it seemed that the the daughter, although she mm. does remember, she is remembering her childhood. She still appreciates the place mm-hmm. enough to come and invite her friends to have a party mm. and kind of send it off. So I think the grandma is kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, these ki- yeah. these kids actually can and do appreciate this place, not just because of their childhood, but because it is an actual meaningful location in itself. Yeah, the location's huge. Like when she goes yeah. to that, talks about picking the cherries, she sees the... right. Or yeah, she's like, there's a picture of my grandma doing that. It's almost like it's that place still has those kind of like the art pieces. The residue of the things that happened are still there, right? And it's almost like there's a not like a creepy ghost, but there's like a ghostly like, oh yeah, things happened here that hmm. relate to me directly. And she got really reflective in that moment, being like, this was this was my grandma, and she was here, and there was a painting made about her in this very spot and then she's like this house was going to get passed down to me she said this house will be passed down to you and your children and then she just stops and just gets really sad because she knows that's not going to happen right Mm -hmm. and it's like there's a depth there that her grandma missed that's that posse quasi dude yeah (laughs) but um no i i I think initially i I was a little bit on caleb's side yeah because why, why, well, no, I was. I thought something was going to happen. I'm like, oh, someone's oh gonna no, totally, and they're going to burn something down. Totally, yeah, yeah. Gonna, I did. Yeah, I was expecting a, a fire. Um, the, the French are respectfully rebellious. But I, would, <laughs> I thought it was going to happen. I thought they were going to burn to the ground and <laughs> yeah. say, "If we can't have this, <laughs> nobody can." <laughs> That's really what I thought was going to happen. Wow. Yeah. I, was, I, I thought, okay. I thought it was going to burn down. As yeah. Well, well everyone's like, it's burning down okay um no i thought i just i i would i went on i went on this tra- I'll, I'll take a just a, a brief um oh, this was a crazy dunk <laughs> andrew wiggins with the crazy dunk i mean this is here. gonna be on yeah this god what a poster insane um no i'll just take a brief side because i i i wanted to connect an experience that i had with this movie Whoa. um i went on this trip in buffalo and we went to go see um, a Frank Lloyd Wright house. And I'd seen a couple in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got this really interesting piece of trivia that there was this Frank Lloyd Wright house that I went into and it was beautiful, stunning, flawless. And they were trying to restore it. And they said at one point in the 70s, this house was abandoned, forgotten, worthless really there were kids rollerblading in there graffitiing the walls just like it was just another thing and then someone was like no (laughs) this is important and they bought it they restore they still haven't fully restored it like each pane of glass as it used to be is like ten thousand dollars what and 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 they're getting and each of the donations that they get for the tours and stuff little by little they like put one more pane of glass as it used to and they've just were totally restored this building and i'm walking through here imagining paint chipping off the walls kids just like grinding on their rollerblades and skateboards and stuff and there was a scene in this movie where there was a kid skateboarding skateboarding on the property and i was just like man if there feels like a disrespect to this piece of art but 
But it's their way of enjoying it at the same time. It's right. a weird. But and those kids probably had no idea the history of that building. No, they didn't. Yeah. At all. And it's just, I don't know, it's just really interesting that kind of like, again, that back and forth of like value and art and how you perceive it. And these kids have no history Mm -hmm. with this grandmother's house and they have no context and they have no idea the place that they are skateboarding in and the place that they reside in. I find that so interesting. And they did fill it with their own art. It's not that they didn't fill it with art. They just did it with music instead of objects. Yeah. Which is... And love and memories and... Yeah, which I think is kind of our our um, generation's view of art tends to be more experiential than object based because we have so many yeah. images. Or in the past, they it's harder to access the experience and easier to access an object all the time. It's almost like that's swapped. Right. You know, you know, I want to know right at the end because I had no idea the movie was ending where it did. <laughs> I thought there was at yeah, least... Yeah, I didn't either the first time I watched it. I was like, what? I thought there was at least 10 or 15 more minutes. Yeah. At the very end, they say, hey, we're ready. And then they run away and the movie ends. And I'm like, wait, what, 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 what was going on? They're going to burn the place down. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> doing it. Eric, what's our time at? What's our time at on the pod? Uh, we got time. We got time. Okay. Um, do you actually want to know? Yeah. Oh, we're at 52. Okay, yeah, one more question, because we got to do our re- reflections wrap-up, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're like, we're cruising. I don't even have and to. And our bun of the week. Last five or six have been an hour plus. We're fine. I haven't even had to ask that many questions, because you guys are so good at talking tonight. I'm proud of you all. Parker's um, had some good thoughts, too, dude. Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave it Where'd up go? for, uh, you know, more reflections. I just want you to, ref- I think you guys have thought a lot, and you have a lot of thoughts, um, and you reflect well. Um, dude, and what? mirrors involved and all that and glass and wow. trees and crossy, such. Um, <laughs> crossy, crossy, did you say? I would love to just, I'd no. love for each one of you <laughs> yeah. to just give me one more reflection either on the film or on yourself that you saw in yourself in the film. Um, because there's so much to, to mine here and I want you guys to talk about what you're passionate about. Uh, Donald S., is there anything in this movie that we haven't talked about yet that you're... You're oh, loving right now. Yeah. Um, think. Um, well, I do have a question. Oh, ask. Can, away. We just, can we just quickly dissect? So I just want to make sure I'm clear here. So the grandma. Oh, yeah. gosh. Her <laughs> uncle yeah. was one of the artists who had done a lot of the art in the house, right? Like he was, he was one of the famous artists, correct? He was, he was a famous artist. Yeah. Yes. It was his house. Um, and yeah. And they had, and he would like invite artists there. It seemed, it would oh, appear okay. to like hang out or maybe stay there for a while. Which is why they found out about all their pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a painter. It, it appeared. And they had a romantic relationship. It seemed like the, I think the word is a who sexual was grandma's uncle, and uh, yeah, he seemed to have some kind of creepy relationship with his niece. So yeah, we can huh. clarify that, which is probably why I—I I mean, huh. I think is why the two younger kids, who were more honest about that being a fact than the older uh, son, were probably less connected to a lot of the art in the house because they're like it kind of her her uh holding on to it kind of springs from a not okay place yeah right yeah yeah so anyway um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was hinted at but i, was, I just, just wanted a full 
full process. Full send. Is that the reflection you wanted to have? Or uh, <laughs> we'll come back. Hey, we'll I come got, back. We'll I come back more. to you. Yeah, yeah, come back. We'll come I, back I, to you. I, I have a quick one, so I'll just get mine okay. out of the way. I, I feel like my reflection on this film is that I want, in some way, I'm kind of, I'm like hearkening back to what Caleb said, but I, I somehow want to like recreate this for my family in a way where like it's, I have a home that's inviting and warm and a place where memories are made and a place where people can reflect well on it and, and remember good times. I think, I don't know. There was just like a, a very happy uh, feeling in this movie that I, that I want to recreate uh, for my family, not in a way that I want to like, manufacture it exactly how they did but in a way that emotionally i want to recreate that Mm -hmm. yeah so i think in the that first reunion the family is together and it's really fun and exciting and then they all leave and she dies i love how they it doesn't seem like any of the kids have regrets about Hmm. i wish i would have been here more or that things would have been different this way. It really felt like when they were all together, they were really all present, mm. enjoying one another, um, taking advantage of the time spent together. And so I think that's, to me, so key is, I think like there's, you know, you can live in the past or always be thinking about what's next. Mm. But I think we miss, I can miss sometimes the present when I'm thinking about, because I feel like I'm probably kind of the opposite of Caleb. I'm more, I'm always thinking about like, what's the next thing going to be? How is that going to look? What's that going to morph into? How's, how am I going to be in the next five years? Where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, which keeps me, I think, from enjoying the present sometimes. And so I think, I think it's C.S. Lewis who says that, um, that the present is where eternity touches time. So it's just like, yeah, the, oh, eternity is going to be just one long moment. <laughs> mm. you know. And so when we're enjoying the current present moment, that is, there is a fulfillment there, and there is a that's beautiful a satisfaction there. That's um, yeah, that can you can rob yourself of it if you're thinking too much about the past or trying to recreate it or trying to think about making the future happen. So, yeah, it's my reflection. Cookie cat, man, Wiggins great. is on a tear with these dunks. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> you, but that's a that's a great thought, Wiggins, Ethan. man. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't have any really new reflect uh, like reflections. It's just yeah, I think. Cool, Simi- I'll take two. Si- no, similar to what Eric said, <laughs> like, it, I think it's good to have all these memories, um, but if you're only living within those and not, you know, creating new hmm. memories, then you're, there's no growth. Um, hmm. And sometimes I feel like that way where it's just like, oh, you know, I wish things were like this and I want to try to, like, hold on to that feeling. I'm like, but there's so many other new experiences and feelings that I could have that are going to be just as memorable. And so, yeah, trying to um, think about that is, yeah, just a, a, ref- a reflection. Caleb, that was very deep. I think, that the, um, I think that the older brother could maybe do mm. and learn and have and be. And well, so it is. Well said. Well said. <laughs> I mean, you, so you, you definitely trailed off there at the end, yeah, but well, th- that almost, was well said. You almost, that was well said. Yeah, I almost had it. <laughs> Classic Caleb. <laughs> Never uh, knows when to shut up. And no. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> you don't have to shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, uh, Jared. I mean, I gotta, I'm going to do a couple quick ones instead of a long one. First, shout out to the in-laws in this movie, the wives of a couple shout of the siblings. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Perfect job of being involved, but not too involved. I, I agree. It was right. so was interesting. So perfect. Yeah. Supportive of their siblings. About that? Oh, okay. Oh, later. Oh, is that going to be your final? Oh, okay. Okay. okay, okay. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll shut up on that. <laughs> Uh, want to shout out Juliette Binoche is always the greatest Gross. actress who ever lived. She's fire, even when she's just pointing out her Converse shoes. Uh, <laughs> Converse. She just like pointing out Converse. And Converse. like her grieving scene was uh, when uh, she found out the mother died. Just so good. I love Juliette. You know, Binoche. she was crying in the chair. Yeah, so it's such a good. She she had a minor role in this film. Yeah, she wasn't the lead. Um, I guess the older son would technically be the lead, but. Yep. It's kind of an ensemble thing. And then I just want to also shout out Olivier says, um, we don't give enough credit to movies that are simultaneously visually beautiful and don't draw attention to themselves. Hmm. Like we tend to um, point out movies that are beautiful that do draw attention to themselves and not saying that that's a bad thing that has its own place and I love it. But like you don't, like while you're watching, you're not like, oh, that's beautiful. You're just, feel like you're living it and then when you think back you're like man a lot of those shots were perfectly composed and i the, couldn't agree the, more the floating camera back and forth is yeah. beautiful yeah. And, the, and, the, and the fade outs i loved way more than i thought i and would the cuts are seamless like you don't yeah. even notice them yeah um yeah so yeah just the, the craft going i i just don't want to ignore that because it's so good parker i got two two takeaways oh um one is to going back to the desk disrespected not re- <laughs> looked over in the museum yep um to just respect other people's stories where i think even for myself you i try to describe things we, we've kind of all hinted at this from things when you're a kid that just meant so much to you back then and i th- i think you you try to like explain it to people later on and people are like oh okay that seems weird <laughs> And then, and then you're like, you're like, yeah, I guess it isn't that important. And you kind of just like forget about it. Yeah. But I think it's important to kind of reflect on those things and be like, well, that actually was really impactful to kind of make me into the person who I was. Mm. So I, I, and I think it's important to notice that in other people, when other people are, are bringing those things up, like, like for my wife, my wife is a little more quiet than me. So it's like when she brings up things about her childhood mm. it's like, I'm not going to just be like, oh, cool, babe, let's go get dinner. It's like, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like. Tell me everything about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let's let's like really talk about that. Yeah. Um, and I heard I heard a really good quote from this guy who used to be a kind of a mentor to me. He was like, in my marriage, over the course of my whole life with my wife, he's like, my job is I'm a I'm a cartographer. He's like, I'm whoa. It's like it's like when the Spaniards were discovering the new world and they're yeah. like, Okay, whoa, there's like Brazil over here. Let's like map out the coast. We haven't been inland yet, but like and then over <laughs> time you slowly and you're like, Okay, it's you it's there's another side and you slowly start like uh, mapping out the whole thing. Mm. And I think a lot of the characters in their book are trying to do that. And then I think the second piece of that is just kind of remembering and honoring your your own family legacy. Hmm. I think that American culture is very forward looking where people are asked like, oh, who are you? And you're like, well, I'm going to be doing these things in my life. Here's my goals. Here's my aspirations. Here's my career and my ambitions. But in a lot of other cultures, um, 
you'd ask somebody that question and it's very backward looking where you'll say, this is my family. This is where I'm from. This, this is my is dad my... and my mom. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, exactly. Like, I there, there's a professor from my college who's Jewish and you'll ask him like, Hey, talk to me about your family. And he's like, well, I can draw my family line all the way back to Abraham. Wow. He's like, I know I'm the, of the tribe of Issachar and <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, so, and then, what? I mean, but how many Americans know anything about their great grandparents? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like my, 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 gra- I have one living grandparent <clears throat> and we were, we've been asking her a lot of questions recently and she was like, oh yeah, did you all know that your grand, your ancestors are from the Ukraine? And I was like, no, like I didn't know that at all. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I mean, and, wow. and so, That's a great I'm like, Im- I'm like embarrassed that I didn't even know that, you know. So yeah, I think it's as yeah. as these people like the grandmother just die off in life. It's like it's important to mine those people for as much of their story yeah. as you can. No, I agree. Wow. Guys, round of applause again for yourselves. You did a great job talking about summer hours. You're respectful. Mm. You disagreed well, just like the family. <laughs> and uh, we're going to sell this episode for $5 million to anyone who wants it. Wait, wait, what? what? We're going to sell it as a $5 million episode to anyone who wants to buy it. Oh, I thought I heard that just right. Just like the Salvador Mundi. We're going to sell it to a Saudi prince all for right, we got, $451 we got, million. We got, we got bonus. We got a bonus five minutes for all you listeners out there. <laughs> we got to the top five ranking of our reflection series. We started off with the very own Juliette Binoche and some opera guy walking around Italy talking about their marriage. That's right. It's certified copy. <laughs> Second off, we um, took a turn to um, the, to the, st- to, uh, what one was second? You weren't here for that on the third one. Was it Michael Keaton gets his <laughs> Noah's beak burnt off in a crazy uh gunshot because edward norton was you know on stage with the thing uh that's right it was birdman or the unexpected in uh, uh virtue of ignorance okay and then we watched um brad pitt neptune dad feeling neptune sad that's right at after oh, yeah. last week we watched natalie portman pull out her feathers her toenails and oh, all of my oh my god that's right it was black swan uh. And then this week we watched uh, Family uh, Summer Hours. Guys, so, this was a this was a good I haul. Think this five was five. This might have been one of the best. This was a good 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 segment, good section. Yeah, so Eric, thanks, you Ricky. Do your uh, five to one. Oof, my five to one. All yeah. right. God, this is hard because all of them all of them are great. But I'm gonna go. Ad Astra. At number five. Birdman. At number four. Nope. Ad Astra. Black Swan. Birdman. Certified copy. Summer Hours. Love it. That's mine. Great list. Who is ready for theirs next? <laughs> it seems like no one's ready to go next. Caleb's popping. I think it's easy. It's just to rip the Band-Aid, even if I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm going to go Black Swan, Birdman, <sighs> Certified Copy, Summer Hours, at Astra. Oh, Neptune Dad. Yeah. Feeling Neptune happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I guess, um, and they're all pretty close. Like, it's not like one of them's way up ahead of the others, necessarily. Probably, if I'm going to go with Black Swan. Mm-hmm. 
Um, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You always have the so, okay, okay. Time, Did you dude. just break your collarbone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certified copy. Um, Birdman. Uh, uh, summer hours at Astra. Whoa. Wow. I'm a little closer to Eric. I'm going Black Swan, Birdman, Ad Astra, Summer Hours, and then Certified Copy at number one. That was almost nothing like mine. <laughs> the top two are flipped. Yeah, you're right. There is. So, guys, we did something last time where... Oh, wait. How I, many How many has Parker watched? Yeah, how many of those have you watched? <laughs> Ad Astra, Summer Hours. <laughs> <laughs> Best list of them all. I mean, Best. also it should be said, I this I rated this so quickly. This was such it's a so beautiful, good. beautiful film. So yeah. go watch it. Everyone, go watch Summer Hours. It'll please. make you feel great. It's on Criterion Channel. It might be on Canopy. I don't know. Um, so last time we did uh, a series, I ended it with Mirror, and then our next series was Reflections. So I was mm. hoping by ending this series with summer hours, our next series could be summer hours. What do you guys think about summer that? Summer O-U-R-S? Awesome. No, summer hours. Like, uh, summer hours? A summer movie. Just summer, <laughs> I just, you know, we had this snowstorm, but I'm feeling summery. I want a few summer movies. What do you guys think? I'm okay with that. Right. I like it right, under Rick, one condition. Ricky's on What's deck. condition? That we start the next two after that with my categories. Oh, the Ethan categories. The Ethan double fecta. I don't know what the it is. Double fecta. Double fecta. <laughs> What's that mean? The double fecta. We do. We do. We do Irish movies followed by Ethan's faves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we, we're gonna go summer hours Irish movie or do or do we want to do Irish movies now? Is my summer hours Ooh, out of the picture? Know. I don't know. I, I do like summer Let movies. Let me count down the weeks. We'll yeah. discuss. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. I think we have enough time. I think we have enough time to do all three. Do we want to? Oh, but before ahead. we, <laughs> Ethan's like, we'll, we'll discuss we? off the pod. Hold but on. before we leave, we have one more thing to do. We have Bond Bond of the Week. Bond Each week, we choose who we want to play the next James Bond until they <laughs> announce who the new James Bond is. Um, you have to choose someone new each week. You can't just keep saying the same person. Does so it have to be British? Uh, no, you, get creative with it. I chose Paddington last week. So, he did. Uh, he's British. No, he, he's Peruvian. Peruvian. Uh, but yeah, Eric, do you have one? Does anyone have who would they want yeah, to play the next the James Bond? I'm gonna go with uh, Jack Loudon this week. Oh, he's great. He's he would follow Daniel Craig's um, uh, kind of vibe of being like a blonde hair, blue eyed Bond, not the dark hair, dark eyed Bond we usually get, which could be interesting. He's Scottish, um, and he's he's just he's not super well known yet. Like he's not an icon. He's and, a dunker, and this could really do well for him, maybe. Um, yeah, so I, I think that'd be kind of fun to see what happened. I like it. I'm going to go with Bill Hader. <laughs> mm. Anyone ever seen Barry much? I have not. I love Barry. Are you watching it right now? Bill Hader. I'm, I'm about to start it, yeah. Uh, I am watching Tokyo Vice, and that is amazing. Shut Man, up. after the three the three crazy dunks tonight, I got to go with Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State. <laughs> I knew you were going to go Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins been balling out. Wiggins got hops. I bet he can do his own stuff. <laughs> Yeah, let's go, let's go Andrew Wiggins for James Bond. 
Right. You know, I don't know the specific guys, but I want a British guy. Yeah, you want a, you want a British guy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know any of their. Names. So you're a racist. <laughs> let's, let's just, <laughs> let's just He's four races, guys. <laughs> let's just say I'm a Anglophile. <laughs> that sounds weirder. Um, so Bono. <laughs> so who's who's your pick? Who is your Anglo? Who do you know who's British? It could be anyone. I did British. see. I did see an article that was like the top contenders. Yeah. You know. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not really. I'm not the one who knows like a lot of the different actors. I'm yeah. not like. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. However. <laughs> yes. However. There were a couple in there that I read that I was like, seems like a good guy. Um, Tom Hardy, man. But. Yes. Who are the top contenders? Who? You got Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, Henry Cavill. And Ed Sheeran. Uh, <laughs> no, who else? Those are the big three. Ed Sheeran's top five. Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. Meghan <laughs> Markle. <laughs> oh, what about the dude from Eurovision, Spaceman? Yes! Oh, my gosh. Or um, Batistrava. <laughs> Batistrava. <laughs> no joke. Me and Jordan were listening to Eurovision while doing chores today. I love that. It was incredible. <laughs> Hmm. Caleb, Who it's your pick do last. I want. You know, I'm looking at my movie shelf right now. I'm seeing a few movies. I'm seeing the DVD collection of Boy Meets World, and Stop. I'm wondering what it would be like, Mr. If Feeny? Ben Savage, <laughs> Corey Matthews himself, Mr. Feeney, didn't Ben Savage just get like kicked off a set for bad behavior? I hope not. I thought he did. Oh no, Ben! What did you do? Great uh, segment, guys. As we, as we look this up. Great segment. I think people have definitely. Or am I thinking of someone? Only else? thinking Fred out. Savage's brother. Oh, from I'm thinking the Wonder Fred, Years. I'm thinking of Fred Savage. Sorry, Ben. It's your brother that's the creep. Sorry, oh, no, only time will even... tell if this file gets corrupted. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, how, if yeah. you corrupt this file. Bro, we're good. I've been saving it like every five minutes. I'm not even joking. I'm like, I'm saving this thing to the cloud, baby. Well, guys, we'll see you next week. There might even be a special bonus episode in between this week and next whoa. week. So whoa. Whoa, whoa. Hey, it's a special bro. Yeah, there might be someone. Some, I mean, the film bro bro may continue. So keep your ears peeled. Uh-oh. Thanks for coming, guys. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Oh.